you play a freelance spy who takes jobs from his clients to break into high security buildings and steal data. And welcome to another episode of Friend Request, a podcast where we talk about various video game characters. I'm Jennifer Uncle from Scanline Media. And I'm Colin Detmar from Scanline Media. So for this episode, we're changing things up a little bit. We decided that uh, we would try just talking about one character for each of us and see how that went, just to kind of kind of widen the number of characters we can talk about, because... There's not always a good pairing for every single interesting character in a game. Mm-hmm. It started to feel like we were maybe kind of uh, pigeonholing ourselves a bit. We were kind of pushing our, our podcast in a little too much of a niche, and it made it hard to find topics sometimes. When really we want to, you know, we want to celebrate relationships, but we just want to celebrate characters and good characterization in general. And that's that's bigger than just relationships. Totally. So I guess I'll go ahead and start us off. My uh, my pick today is actually uh, Kevin or Kevin, who uh, Richard Conway from the game Gunpoint, which is you know the uh, I guess it's a stealth game, uh, stealth platformer from uh, Tom Francis. Richard Conway is sort of an interesting character. He's the player character of that game, and the thing that's fun about him, it's, it's, I think he's sort of really representative of, uh, Tom Francis's voice in that game, and, and I think a lot of his voice in general, as we've seen in, in some of his, his subsequent smaller, so smaller projects, and also what I've seen of Heat Signature, which, uh, looking at my watch, should be out as this podcast comes out. Um, Conway is this kind of, like, mix of, like, serious and jokey and and he is his his profession he is a professional uh like investigator and hacker um and he is hired for various jobs tra- going from like you know like hacking a corporation's security cameras to erase footage or doing corporate espionage or all sorts of you know jobs that require him to run around and jump and climb and hack computers he does a lot of hacking computers um, and as such, it's a really interesting, like, you get a, an opportunity to characterize him through the dialogue, and the, um, Tom Francis has said he took the, uh, the, sort of the approach that was made, I, I feel like made well more known with the, uh, Walking Dead, uh, Telltale series, where any dialogue choice that is available to you is a thing that the character is thinking about saying, so any dialogue choice is, like, it's not defining his personality so much as, like, these are all elements of his personality and what shines through in this moment. Um, and through that, we get a picture of Conway, which is that he's, like, he's he's serious, he, he believes in sort of, like, the pursuit of justice, but he also just kind of loves his job, and he's kind of a doofus, <laughs> and sometimes he's not really paying attention. And it's this tone that really, it makes Gunpoint sing as a whole, is, is Conway... You know, is, is the game through Conway where, like, he's, you know, he's he's sneaking around these office buildings. He'll lunge and tackle and beat the shit out of guards and all this stuff. But at the same time, he's, like, he's on the phone with his contact. And he's, like, he's, like, sorry, what? I wasn't paying attention. What are we doing? <laughs> um, 
he's just got this like this lighthearted goofiness in a way that's really um really playful and really fun. Uh the the game starts with you obtaining this pair of like super trousers called the bullfrog projectile trousers that allow you to like jump really far and that's how you can your your main mechanic where you can like leap onto buildings and stuff. Um and the game starts by you like clicking your left mouse to click new game and in gunpoint itself left clicking is what makes you jump. So the left click you use to start new game causes Conway on his first use of the bullfrog trousers to jump through a window out of a three-story building. <laughs> and I feel like that just really kicks off what you can expect from him. There's a point in the story where you are hired to investigate this, like, this weird hacker who's been breaking in places and, you know, falsifying all these records. And you're like, oh, that's me. I can't tell them <laughs> that I'm investigating myself. And he's, it's really just like, this playful freelance spy character that that comes to to represent everything about that game i i really like the way he's written and just the tone of this 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 sort of super stylish super skilled dork he's really fun yeah totally and when he lands on the ground doesn't he do face plants too when he's like when he falls off it, that building in the first episode or mm-hmm. sometimes when the jump goes not so great he just face plants or just hits himself right on the belly and it's this great image of a guy in a trench coat just falling down and eating concrete oh yeah oh yeah um he he doesn't take any fall damage ever you can jump as high and as far as you want but his his animations make it clear that sometimes he's a little uncomfortable with the results yeah that that definitely was the thing that stuck out that made gunpoint special to me was just having this springy guy in a trench coat that seems like he's just barely holding on to whatever he's doing. There's this moment in the game um, which I feel like comes to represent a lot of what I like about Tom Francis, which is you are talking to one of your employers, I think it's uh, Melanie Rook, and she's asking you to steal something, right? And you have dialogue options that pop up, and you can sort of ask, like, you can say, like, okay, I don't care, basically. Like, okay, I'll go do it. Um, or you can ask who you're stealing it from, right? And for that, you get two dialogue options. And I've, Tom Francis has talked about this in an interview, a really good interview he did um, on Tone Control, which is a podcast with Steve Gaynor. I recommend this interview. It's really, really fun. Um where he talks about he's writing it, and he's like, okay, well, Conway, Conway is going to say, like, like, who am I stealing this from? So he says, like, there's, I'm going to steal this, and the dialogue option is, from who? And Tom Francis is like, no, that's, that's grammatically incorrect. I can't actually... And so he writes, from whom? And he's like, but nobody was going to want to say from whom. You sound like a jackass, right? <laughs> so the dialogue choice is you have the option for, of from who or from whom... Like, and those are your two options, and it's just this amazing moment of just, like, this really simple, completely insignificant choice, but it captures the game's sense of humor, sort of, like, split between professionalism and goofiness, and it's it's really fun. Yeah. I anyway, guess, that's Conway. Yeah, so. I guess I don't really have much more to add to Conway. You yeah. summarized him super well. Yeah, it's not a game that is, is super character centric i mean it's a, it's a pretty short little game and you mostly just control him in the in the segments but i wanted to i wanted to shout out like people i don't know why gunpoint doesn't get more love i thought it was an incredible game and i thought conway was a really big part of what made it so fun so 
Yeah, for sure. What is your character this week, Jen? So I decided it'd be fun to talk about Kat, the protagonist from Gravity Rush and Gravity Rush 2. Um, Kat, at the very beginning, she wakes up she wakes up in a alley next to a glowing cat, or she meets the cat very soon after she wakes up. Regardless, she comes into possession of this cat named Dusty, who looks like a like a giant celestial, like a small c- celestial diorama, essentially. And the very first thing that you do as cat is. Someone's house is, has been blown to a, another roof entirely due to this wild storm. So you go and retrieve the house for these, for this sad kid and his uncle. And as soon as you bring it back, they're immediately angry with the way that you treated the house. Like, oh, you broke this. I, you're gonna have to pay for this, you know? And that sets up more or less what happens with cats. In almost every situation. Like, she goes out of her way to save everyone with a smile, or she's determined to help people out using her newfound superhero powers. But when she does, it's often either for very little reward, or the person who was who she was helping was lying to her in some way. Like, a big theme for both Gravity Rush 1 and 2 is at some point she ends up being the official protector of the city, or the Gravity Queen. So, she helps out the mayor, she helps out the nearby police, and every time she tends to help out the police, 30 or 40 minutes later, she discovers that what she was doing, like retrieving these supplies for the police or doing errands for these richer couples have ended up inadvertently hurting the have inadvertently hurt the poorer residents or contributed to the this fascist grip that the police has on the town and it's always the situation where in both games, she has this arc where she needs to figure out that, okay, I can't, I have to be a bit more picky with who I'm helping because I really want to do the best thing for everyone, but I often discover for some reason that just going around helping everyone without looking too much into what they're asking or what they want me to do ends up hurting someone or causing a bigger problem along the way. Mm-hmm. And she meets some cool people through it, like one of the, one of the police officers ends up being this kind of layabout detective who he's 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 more or less takes advantage of Cat pretty often in terms of oh get me these materials I really need that to repair part of the ship but it's just him repairing a guitar string so he can woo other women and he she basically attracts this whole range of characters that are either just as goofy as her but a little more self-aware and are willing to kind of get Cat to do what they want unaware or characters that end up get growing really close to like 
Raven, who... In both games, they end up being enemies at some point, then coming back together and realizing, hey, we're both pretty good at this gravity thing, so why don't we just fight crime together and be in something that's kind of implied as a relationship, but with games from this region, you can never really tell whether they're... how much they're implying, more or less, or if they're just, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, really good friends. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I think it's, like... There's some stuff with with Cat's backstory and stuff, but none of it I feel like is very like frankly none of it's very interesting, right? Like, oh hey, she she's a queen with amnesia, right? Yes, yeah, and and most like, yeah, and most of the things that they reveal to her as backstory are either fudged a little bit or made up entirely just to get her to do what they want. Like the part where she's the queen and needs to be protected was actually a villain somewhat brainwashing her, so she gets out of the picture for a while. Hmm. And and you get the impression that she does have a history behind her, but every time she tries to get close to learn what it is, the source of the knowledge either falls away, or she figures out that people are just telling her things because that is more convenient for them. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, I mean... I have, so I haven't played Gravity Rush 2. Um, I'll, I'll probably buy it when it gets cheaper. I don't know. It it seemed like... I felt like Gravity Rush, Rush 1, not to get too mechanical, but, like, that was a game that I enjoyed a lot, but had a lot of had a lot of work to do, you know? There was there were a lot of improvements I felt like they needed to make, and I didn't seem like they made them, really, for 2, so I wasn't in a rush to get it, but... Um, <laughs> a rush. <laughs> um, But, yeah, with Gravity Rush, like... The game is very much about, like, the present, and, like, I think, you know, Cat, you know, there's there's some stuff with Cat's past and, and talking about that, but, like, it feels like tonally the game is really being clear that, like, it doesn't really matter who she used to be, it, it matters more who she is now, you know? Yeah, and depending on who she's with or who she's helping at that time, that can vary wildly, but for the most part, it's just... She tends to have a gigantic heart, and sometimes that gets abused one way or the other, but in the end, her total genuine goodness wins out in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll do... And her her willingness to help out is used for so many small, great moments. Like, at one point in Gravity Rush 2, she has to sneak on into a military base and cause a distraction. So she ends up posing as a singer for this band, and she doesn't really know how to sing at all, so (laughs) she goes up live on a stage, and at first she's very, very awkward with what she's trying to sing, but then she starts getting into it, and the crowd goes wild, until they find out that she's not supposed to be there, and she is once again caught in a tough situation where she has to get out of this military base that everyone suddenly knows who she is. I guess that's another thing that I really find charming about Kat is that she's not like, so she's a magical girl, but like, I feel like she, part of the thing that she captures and this, this is true of, of some magical girls, not so much of others, but like when it comes to doing like her, her magic, right? Her gravity abilities, she's of course incredibly powerful and talented. And at most other things, she's kind of clumsy and not like, 
it's it's it, I find it really charming that like it's like okay you want me to you want me to alter the way things fall and you know like manipulate like the force of gravity got it you want me to walk down a street without <laughs> tripping I'll work on it <laughs> yeah she's she's regularly given control of a shop for a few minutes or has to clean up a rich lady's mansion and she usually tends to mess it up but in a adorable relatable way like oh, i can't even sit here for 3 minutes before something crazy happens <laughs> mhm yeah for sure and that's just so really, really fun to watch yeah, oh, go ahead. yeah i no i just i i really enjoy the character and i i would like to see more of what they do with gravity it just seems really crazy what they end up doing with gravity rush 2 but i guess we'll check it out Eventually, it's, uh, I don't know, have you played partway through? Is that right? Yeah, I got to what I thought was the end. It got to a point where I was fighting a gigantic boss and I was whacking away at it for three or four minutes before I realized that it had an invisible timer and I suddenly lost without knowing why I lost. So it was one of those situations where frustration kept me from continuing but yeah it's kind of like uh maybe i'm gonna take a break from this for a while <laughs> yeah but there are some really yeah. cute moments into like there's a race where you're using gravity to race against a real pigeon and <laughs> you're, you're flying f through these superman 64 style gates except controls way better but you're you're fighting against this small pigeon or seagull or whatever and mm -hmm. that's a pretty amusing pair up. Yeah, I'm glad they I'm glad they kept that that kind of that kind of charm with the second one. Well, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Um folks, more than more than most episodes, uh if you guys want to offer some some feedback on how this this little experiment of just talking about characters went, uh you can find us on Twitter. I am at 6264 and hey, that's written out as words, but also you can find my, my Twitter handle and also Jen's Twitter handle in the podcast uh, description in the show notes. So you can also just click that or type that in if you're worrying about spelling. Uh, Jen, where can they find you? I'm at JBU3 on Twitter. And if you want to give us a rating or review on iTunes, that would be appreciated. Also, if you want to tell a friend, we try and keep the podcast short so that it's easy to fit into your life and easy to recommend to others. Uh, I want to give a big thank you to Krista Lee for use of her track Hearts Burning Bright, which is our intro and outro here on the show. If you like this song and you want to hear more of her work, you can go to ohpoorpup.bandcamp.com. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Later. <laughs>